Welcome to Make Your Mark podcast, where guests share their experiences, insights, and tactics to help you accelerate your business. So building, scaling, and monetizing your business is made easier. And I'll be your host, Kay Suthar. Hey guys. Oh my goodness. I have such an exciting guest for us today. His name is Brendan and is the founder of Master Talk a YouTube channel he started to help the world master the art of public speaking and communication. He coaches purpose-driven entrepreneurs on how to master their message and share their ideas with the world. Please welcome the amazing Brendan to the show. Oh my goodness. Thank you for coming to the show, Brendan. Okay, the pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me. Now, before we really get into the nitty gritty of, you know, speaking on stage and public speaking and, you know, all this good stuff and communication, I really want you to share with the listeners today on how you actually came about and being this master on speaking and publicly. How did that even come about? Absolutely, Kay. So my story actually started when I was in college. I went to business school and my goal was never to be an account, uh, to be a communication expert or to be a coach. It was actually to be an accountant. So I actually studied in, in accounting of all things. But how I got really good at speaking was I started doing these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age are playing rugby or footy or basketball, I wasn't one of those guys. I, I did professional presentations, and that's how I learned how to speak. And then I started coaching a lot of the students on how to communicate their ideas effectively, mostly pro bono back then. And that's what gave me the idea for the YouTube channel Master Talk because I realized everything I was sharing wasn't available for free on the internet. Gotcha. Now, okay, I've got to take a few steps back here. Now, while all your friends were outside playing, like normal kids, and what kids normally do. <laughs> What was your mindset? What kind of was that trigger that that told you that, no, I'm not going to go and do what my friends do. I'm actually going to do something different and learn something myself that's going to help me in my future. How did that come about? Absolutely, Kay. So, so communication was mostly an accident for me. Obviously, these days, I preach the importance of it in our businesses, in our careers, and in our life, most importantly. But for me, communication was more of a necessity, a means to an end. So when I was 19 years old, I had this big suit on because I couldn't afford anything better. My parents were factory workers, and I needed to figure out how to get a job in accounting. So I'd go to these mini cocktails with students who were graduating and had jobs lined up. And I just asked them, how did you get a job? And they all answered case competitions. And then I got confused and I said, what's a case competition? No one really knows what that is, and myself included. And then they went on to explain that a lot of executives at companies like EY, Deloitte, IBM, they actually sponsor these competitions themselves because they use it as a recruitment tool for the next generation of talent. So they create these business cases where students present against each other and the winners get jobs. And I thought, wow, this is so cool. And I saw it as my ticket out of poverty. I just accidentally got really good at communication, coaching it along the way. Wow. And I'm so glad you explained that because I didn't even know things like that even existed. Right. I don't think that many people do. So that is a really good way, not only kind of investing in yourself and learning how to public speak, because, you know, this will work in getting jobs and etc. But 
it's a way of kind of getting your foot in the door with these big companies and getting that experience as well, right? So that is amazing. Now, I guess one of the main things about public speaking is that people have this huge fear. There's a massive fear behind getting in front of people, speaking. How can you overcome that fear? Because with some people, um, it's so bad. Not only do they get the sweats, but they might freeze on stage. They might, you know, they might actually run off on stage. How do you overcome that massive fear that people actually, you know, experience? Absolutely. Okay. So there's two parts to that. One is to first understand where the fear even comes from. And then let's talk about the solution. It's normal that all of us are scared of communication. And there's a simple reason for that. Okay. Let's think about it. Where do we learn how to speak? Well, we learn how to speak in the education system, high school, elementary school, but there's a massive problem with those presentations, three in particular. Let's start with number one. 100% of all of those presentations, Kay, are mandatory. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, Kay, you want to get breakfast and present all day? Nobody <laughs> says that. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is you're never talking about something you're passionate about. So it's never, hey, Kay, what are you excited about? Are you excited about making your mark, podcasting, media? Do you want to talk about those topics? No. You have to talk about Shakespearean poetry. And then after you're done that, you have to talk about the University of Missouri and the history behind it. You're like, this doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> so that's number two. Number three, K is the worst of all. Every single presentation is tied to a punishment. So if you don't do a great job, not only do you not get points, you get a slap in the head and you lose 25% of your grade. So we get conditioned in our entire lives as human beings to believe that communication is a chore and nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes. Wow. Okay. And do you know what? Those three points were so simple, but not things that people, I guess, think about. Because I remember when I was in school, right, and you get picked by the teacher. Okay, you're going you're gonna to be reading this paragraph on this page of this book. And you've got to stand up in front of everybody and read this paragraph. And, like, you're absolutely terrified, right? And so I guess that all comes from at a really really young age and it's not something that people like doing even as kids you don't want to do that you don't want to get up on stage so why would you do it as an adult when you have a choice where you don't need to get up and speak to people right so these are really valid points now how do you when you're older when you're looking to promote your business and get yourself out there and speak because it's an absolute must when you're building a business right how do you get over that fear that's been within you for years. Absolutely, Kay. Perfect follow-up question. So there's two parts to that. One is shifting our mindset and then understanding what the expectation is. So let's start with shifting the mindset. The question I always start every episode, every conversation with anybody is how would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? So many of us have business goals. We got health goals, relationship goals. When was the last time we dreamed about our communication? And the answer is never. So we need to start that process because it shifts our energy around 
the whole process of getting better at communication. That's why I've always believed, Kay, which is counterintuitive to my industry, that the number one challenge of communication isn't the fear. It's actually motivation. And the reason it's motivation is because there's so many things in our life that we've been scared of. Asking somebody on a date, getting married, having children, getting a job, starting a business. But why did we do it anyways? Why did we do it scared? Because we were motivated to pull it off. But the question helps us find the motivation. So that's one piece. The other piece is understanding the analogy, which I call the boxing ring analogy. I believe that getting rid of the fear is actually a bad goal to have because the fear, even if it's a little bit, will always be there, including me. Let's say me and you're having lunch, okay? Yeah. And Elon Musk calls me. And he says, hey, I, I loved your episode with Kay on the podcast and your YouTube channel is great. Can you coach me? I'll pay you a million dollars. Would I be scared? Yeah, I'd be really scared. So that's why for me, the process is think of it like a boxing match. One side of the ring is the fear and the other side of the ring is the message. The goal is not for the fear to leave the ring, but rather make sure that when that bell rings, that your message gets the knockout punch and wins the match. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's a great analogy right there. Now, speaking comes in different formats, right? You can be speaking live on stage. You can even be on a podcast, right? Now, you're an expert guest podcaster. I know that you have spoken on so many different podcasts out there. And guys, just to let you know, he's still looking for different podcasts. So if you want a great guest, make sure you contact Brendan and get him on your podcast. Um, but I mean, do you think one of the easiest ways to maybe overcome that fear, because when you're in on a live stage with a crowd of people in the room, it can be pretty intimidating if you're just starting. Would you suggest maybe starting off and getting on podcasts before you get onto the big stages? It's an interesting question, Kay. Here's what I would say. For me, communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. So one of those balls is body language, storytelling, facial expressions, and it can get really confusing really fast. So no one has really thought of what is the right sequence. So I do believe, to answer your question, that guesting on a podcast is actually easier than speaking on a live stage because all of the attention is on you. Whereas on a podcast, even if thousands of people might be listening to it or hundreds of people, it's only just me and you having a conversation. So it's only an audience of two right now. So it's less stressful. But if I was starting like at the beginning, ground zero, I would start with ball number one, which I call my easy threes, but I'll mention the first ball here, okay. which is the random word exercise. Pick a random word like master, like screen share, like light bulb, like wife, any word, and create a random presentation out of thin air. And why is this effective? Two reasons. One, it helps you deal with uncertainty. If you can talk about avocados, it doesn't matter what a podcaster asks you on, a, on their show. Like It's a lot easier for you to deal with that. And the second reason is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. So I recommend that as the first ball. Oh, wow. Okay. I like that. I like that. And so I'm now intrigued, right? What are the second point and the third point? <laughs> Absolutely. Happy to talk. Don't worry. It's not, it's, I'm not hiding anything. It's just uh, I don't want to monologue for 15 minutes. That's why. So let's go into ball number two. So ball number two actually plays into your intention for the show, Kay, which is how can 
podcast guests stand out from anyone else in their industry. And this is an exercise I call, and you can do this on sales calls too, and it's called the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our life, okay? On a podcast, TV, for those of us who are on TV, sales calls, school work, but most of us are reactive to those questions, not proactive. I'll give you an example with me. Three years ago when I started guesting on shows, I sucked. I was terrible. I remember some guy asked me the funniest question. He looked at me and he said, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at him and I said, uh, I don't know, dude, Los Angeles, San Diego, <laughs> you tell me. So I had no idea how to answer that question. So how did I change my approach? Mm-hmm. I became more proactive. So every single day, Kay, for five minutes, that's all I'm asking your audience to do. Answer one question that you think the world will ask you about your expertise, your products, or your services. But if you do that once a day for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your industry, which means you'll be bulletproof on any sales call or any podcast guesting appearance. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that. But how do you come up with these different questions, right? Or where do you start with that? Absolutely. So the most important piece to this, Kay, but I'm glad you asked the follow-up, is to start. Right? That's the biggest mistake. So for me, the easiest way to get started is really for you to think of the first five. But there are different ways to gather questions, which I'm happy to talk about. The easiest one, obviously, your clients and your audience. Go back to your clients if you're in a service-based business listening to this and just ask them what are the top 10 questions to get asked. If you're a content creator, go to your audience. The answer is always them. So a lot of the questions that I get asked, I I get supplied from them. There's also a bit more of an advanced strategy that I'm actually implementing right now as I'm talking to you, which is why I do five to 10 interviews a week. Whether it gets me business or not, it's actually to practice because the host will generate questions and I never say no to a question. I never say I won't answer that. So that actually improves my ability to do question drills, but without me having to think about it. So that's a more advanced strategy. I like that. And do you know what? One of the things that really stood out with what you just said is that as human beings, we love to uh, complicate everything, right? That's the number one thing that we're actually really good at, right? (laughs) And so by you simplifying it and just say, go and ask. Go and ask your audience. Go and ask your clients, right? You've completely simplified it rather than us trying to rack our brains and be like, how do you do this, right? Just simply go and ask, right? So that to me is an amazing piece of information content that people can actually go ahead and do right now. So I love that. Um, And so... If there's people out there that say, okay, you know what, Brendan, I'm already on podcasts. I'm already, you know, doing lives even. Um, but I want to get out on live stages. Now the world is opened up, right? I want to get back out there on live stages, on events. Do I do anything differently now? Right. So, so here's what I would say, Kate, to get onto the live stage, because there's a couple parts to your question. The first part is how do we land those stages? And then the other part is how do we crush those stages? Like, how do we do a really, really good job? Mm 
So I'm more of a specialist in number two, but I'm happy to talk about number one, which is how to land it. Here's what's happened with my experience. I found personally that it's really difficult to get these engagements because it's a very gated community. It's mostly relationship-based. So even if you have all the talent in the world, it's actually really difficult to land in-person speaking engagements. So my advice to anyone, and that's how I became a professional speaker and I got paid the money I get paid today is create your own stage. And that doesn't necessarily always mean a podcast or a YouTube channel like I've built and that you've built. I actually mean a Zoom stage. So every two weeks, even to this day, I do a free training on communication. Sure, it's a great lead gen tool for clients, but it's more than that. It gives me an opportunity to actually practice the same speech that I deliver over and over again. But what happens is when I meet event planners or when I meet corporate decision makers, All I have to do is never sell them. All I have to do is say, come to my next free training and see if I'm worth the salt. And that's how I've closed a lot of corporate clients for workshops. They come to the work, the free training, they go, wow, this is amazing. And then they hire me for the company. So that would be the first part of how to land gigs is to create your own stage. Oh, wow. That is an amazing way to not only build on lead generation, but also kind of just get yourself out there, show people what you're actually capable, how you teach them to see if they would like to work with you and then introduce these companies to join your workshop so they can see for themselves on what you actually do for your audience. That is amazing. Now, when it comes to crushing it, right, online stages, there's so many things that you need to think about, right? Um, not only about your posture, how you dress, your presentation, what you're saying, engaging with your audience. How do you put all of that together and completely crush it where you're having people falling over each other, chasing you down, wanting to work with you? Absolutely, Kay. Let me start with the most important, which is, are we delivering the same talk a hundred times? And that's a simple principle, but it's one that is often overlooked, which is when people do free workshops or trainings, they feel like switching it up all the time. Well, let's just see what gets us results. One of the best speakers on the planet, Tony Robbins, literally does the same three events over and over again. And he's been doing the same thing for the past 40 years, probably 50 at this point. I can't keep count anymore. So let's go through them. Unleash the power within, date with destiny, and business mastery. It's always the same three events over and over again. There's other events he does too, but those are the main three. But he doesn't talk about porcupines the next year. It's always the same thing. And we pay him a lot of money to go to these events. I've been to all three of them. And that's the point that I want to drive. Are we willing to go through the boring work of presenting the same thing? Same thing at the free training. I've done it 75 times so far, and it's the same workshop every time. That's the first piece. The second piece is how do we insert knowledge that's unique? So let's use Christo's definition of this, which is who is the founder of the future. And he says that value is tell me something I don't already know. So what you need to do, and this is how I structure my free trains that people can copy paste or workshops, is I literally go back to my paid clients and I say, what's the three best things you learned in my paid stuff? And I just teach that for free. And that's how I create a free training that is the best in the world or a keynote that's the best. And the third piece is vicious feedback. And I really want to put an 
an emphasis on vicious, which means you need to be really open-minded to change even the littlest of details. And I'll give you some questions that you could ask your audience. I'll give you a couple examples. One that I got from Kevin Sistrom, the founder of Instagram, is if you had to remove one part of my speech, what would you remove and why? I love this question. It forces negative feedback. Mm-hmm. And another question that I love is if you had to introduce me to somebody who could build my ideas further, who would you introduce? me to and why and i've gotten a lot of relationships through that question oh wow they are really amazing questions actually it really gets you thinking um and it gets you i guess achieving your goals and what is the next step in progressing and making those tweaks and being a better you right so you can serve your audience a lot better i love those i'm going to take a note of those in fact um, <laughs> and so when it comes to um your presentation right um and you know really kind of getting the information out there to the people that are right in front of you on a live stage a lot of people out there say to me oh yeah do you know what they don't need to remember their talk because it's just out on the slides just read it out and then i have another group of people saying that no you're not supposed to do that what is the best way to present your information to make sure you get it all out there and at the same time make sure that they realize that you are actually an expert in your niche? Right, Kay. So this goes back to my definition of communication, mm-hmm. which is how which is personal to me. How do we convey an idea in a way that achieves a specific outcome for a specific audience? So let me repeat that again. How do we convey an idea in a way that achieves a specific outcome for a specific audience? So there's three parts to that definition. One is how do we get people to listen to our ideas? The second one is how do we get people to take action on our ideas? And the third piece, which means public speaking mastery, in my opinion, is getting people to share your ideas. So usually, whether it has slides or not, you know, the presentation that we're delivering, These are the three barometers. So I'll give you a a great example of this. Let's say, to make things simple, you're presenting a cupcake recipe. Mm -hmm. A cupcake recipe to a group of 10 of your family members. And your goal is to get them to actually try the recipe. So the first time when you present it, what happens? Well, you go, okay, guys, so flour, tablespoons of salt, and you give your presentation with a lot of information. But then the second test is, did people actually go through it? And then next week, you go back to the people and you say, hey, Sherry, did you actually use the cupcake recipe? Oh, no, Brendan, it was too complicated. I didn't really understand the ingredients. And I got seven kids. I don't have time for this. And then I talk to Jason. Then Jason goes, it's a cool recipe, but my my wife likes banana bread and I can't convince her to change to cupcake. So you're getting all the objections. Mm -hmm. So even if... We, we got people to listen to our ideas. They're not taking action on it. So now through that feedback, we want to rejig it. So the next time I give that presentation, let me tell you how easy this is to implement. It's only going to take you five minutes to get this recipe. You only need these three ingredients, and that's how you go about the iteration cycle. Right. Okay. So what I'm hearing there, Brendan, is just get out and do it, right? Get out and do it and, you know, take on board maybe the negative feedback and the questions and the objections because that's the only way you're going to get better and fearing all of that 
isn't going to get you started and isn't going to get you going and building and promoting your business to what you want it to be, right? So just get out there and do it and then figure it out. And so I love that. Again, you're making things really, really simple. You know, things that we always complicate. And so I love that about you. Now, before we come to the end of this, are there any final words that you would like to share with the audience? Absolutely. I would say the last piece, Kate, comes back to something you brought up earlier, which is how do you stand out from your industry? And there's a great quote on this that I got from Lewis Howes, which is this. To be the best is good because you're number one, but to be unique is better because you're the only one. So how was I able to stand out from my industry? Because I'm the youngest vendor currently in my space. I don't know anyone who's younger than me who's Amazing. at the level of success, right? At the age, because I started at 19. But the, the point I want to drive is what really stood, made me stand out from the rest of the industry is a framework I teach called QIT, which is questions, insights, and titles. So the first part is to write down all of the questions you get asked. So let's say my space, let's use me as an example. How do you overcome the fear of communication? How do you do all of this? Then the second piece, which is I insights, means are you spending time listening to other podcasts of people in the same industry as you? Because the only way to figure out if your insights are interesting and unique is to see what everyone else is seeing. Example, in my niche. Nobody's talking about how would your life change if you're an exceptional communicator. Every time a communication expert comes on a podcast, it's always fear-based. Oh, the fear is this. The fear is accepted, where I disagree with that. So I change the insight. And then the third piece is how do we title that insight? How to overcome this? How to achieve this? And if you follow QIT and you do the homework, you'll have insights that nobody else shares. And more importantly, you'll prioritize the insights on a podcast. Let's say you got a list of 100 insights. You'll prioritize the top three that only you know, and that's how you'll stand out every time. Oh, that is amazing. Now, I know, Brendan, at this point, people are probably thinking, how do I get to his workshops? Where do I go? How do I register? So where can they go to learn more about becoming a, be a better communicator and a speaker and being coached by yourself? Absolutely. Okay. It was such a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for having me. So two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel. Go to Master Talk in one word. You'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to speak. And the second way to keep in touch is to attend one of my free workshops on communication every two weeks that I do over Zoom. These are live interactive workshops. So they're not some boring recorded webinars and I facilitate them. And the website for that is rockstarcommunicator.com. Of course, that's what it's going to be called. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brendan, for coming on to the show. And guys, just to um, remind you, all the links will be in the show notes. So if you've missed anything, make sure you scroll down and definitely go ahead. Check Brendan out. Check out the YouTube channel, his videos, and go to his masterclass webinars, right, where you'll be getting taught by him yourself. Thank you so much, Brendan, for coming to the show. And oh, my goodness, so many golden nuggets. The pleasure is mine. You asked some great questions and you're a great listener, Kay. So thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Make Your Mark podcast at www.makeyourmarkpodcast.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get this and every other episode that comes out. We have lots of great stuff coming. So make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And thank you in advance for all the reviews and comments. I appreciate it so much. And I look forward to serving you in next week's episode.